up, yeah. No. <laughs> we don't need to include worst, that. In the worst opening ever. Consider it cut. <laughs> <laughs> Lactation jokes <laughs> based on a court mm. case. <laughs> Welcome everyone, ho ho ho, to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends on It. This is the show where we do something different every single week, and this week, uh, I had him read a book, I'm sorry. I, I, I Look, I don't mean to, I don't mean to be like that. They kind of steal homework for the show. It's Christmas! It's for Christmas! It's Hogswatch! It's You'll Christmas like it! Homework. You'll like it, Alex! It's fun homework! You'll enjoy it! It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun project. It's a fun project. It's practically not even homework. Um, but anyway, uh, this hog, the hog father is, or yes, just hog father is a, uh, Terry Pratchett, uh, novel, uh, that, uh, is about death taking the role of this universe's Santa Claus. And, uh, I am very happy that we got to do that. But first let me introduce the, uh, anthropomorphic personifications that I have here with me today. Some ideas made real by the excess belief sloshing around. We've got the Soul Cake Duck, Cam. <laughs> That's me. Do we ever get to meet him in the book? I don't believe so. No, it's just referred to as something that everybody uh, knows is there and just duck. not. <laughs> I think it's an allegory for the Easter Bunny, but it's, it's, uh, I, yeah, I think so. Very good. Yeah. Galing, galing, galing. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Cake. All right. We've got the sock eater, Alex. Oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, XD so random. Oh, man. <laughs> Accidentally summoning a god real quick. <laughs> the god of doing uh, podcast at 6.45 p.m. Could simply that's not That's right. <laughs> yeah, can I summon a god to do the rest of the show for me or what? You have to believe them into existence and it has to... Do you often... Have people coming to do this whole thing for you? Oh, you didn't get to that scene, I don't think. I or did you? You got I, you got I, to that scene. I know. I think the so, wizards yeah. are talking about like, oh, yeah, now. yeah. Well, what if there was a? I sure hope there isn't a handing me big bags of money <laughs> yep. fairy. And it's like, well, do people often do that? Like, no. I, I wish they would. And they go to great it's not, it's not like to it, say that it wouldn't make sense if you were to be handed any money for not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> they say yeah, you don't yeah. deserve <laughs> this. Say you don't make it for you to get this. <laughs> Great also stuff. with us today, we've got the death of rats, Seb. Squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> ick, 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 ick. I, uh, That's well, of, the, of the things that happen in this book, <laughs> right. one of the funnier consequences of the events of this book is that the death of rats is in every single one after this. Like wow. the death of rats sticks around. 
a lot of the other like things that are poofed into existence, jingled into existence by this excess belief, go away as soon as the plot resolves. But the death of rats stays, and the god of hangovers stays. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh, I think that they are. That is very. Uh, I think that that's just perfect. That's just exactly what you need. And uh, and I am your host, the cheerful fairy, Nick. I am calling myself the cheerful fairy, especially in this case because uh, I I uh, was rightfully chastised by Alex for giving him homework, and uh, uh, Cam right, rightfully pointed out after that that I love to give everyone fun projects for my uh, for my episodes of the show. Well, I loved this, but this is the longest I've done something for the podcast. This is a nine-hour mm-hmm. book via audio. It would. Uh, Yes, if you're listening to it How as an audiobook, it, it is nine hours. How long did it take you to play hours. Outer Wilds? Let me check. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was fun, Sam. Oh, oh okay. This so was more fun, fun than Outer count. Wilds. <laughs> hey! Right uh, let's see. All right. Wow. Um, bu- 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 Outer Wilds. Okay, you don't, you don't really need to. No, so no, what no, is this I'm book curious. about, I am and curious. Uh, why, why do you like it? Well, um... This, uh, like I said, this is about this is about death taking on the role of Santa See? Claus. Wow, yeah. that's pretty fast. Um, it's about uh, death taking on the role of Santa Claus and the uh, problems that caused and the situations that lead to it, uh, because it all takes place on Hogs Watch Night, which is the uh, the Discworld's version of Christmas. It's got a lot of uh, it's of its own traditions that are kind of parallel to what us here on Round World do, and. Um, We've got, uh, like, this is a, let's see, like, this book, yes, this book, this book has a lot of, has a lot going on with belief and anthropomorphic personifications, uh, because the lack of a hogfather, a lack of Santa, is creating all this extra belief floating around that other things that people are sort of thinking about just kind of pop into existence. For you've already got your Santas and your tooth fairies and your death, but when somebody says, my pencils keep disappearing and I don't know where they went. You don't think, oh, that's because the, the pencil eater or the pencil bird is there. Uh, you don't think that. You're just like, wow, it sure is a thing that I don't have an explanation for, but I, yeah, I where know are my happening. socks? Yeah, where are my socks? Um, Something must be eating them. But uh, this whole book has started off when uh, some, like, uh, some universal entities put out a hit on Santa. And an assassin yeah. takes all of five seconds to come up with a plan to kill him. That is uh, that we'll probably get into the explanation of in the second segment, but it's really great. It involves having a lot of teeth. It's, it's wonderful. Um, but <laughs> I want to know what anthropomorphic personifications or uh, beings you would kill and how you would go about doing it. All because right. There are, there are a couple of things. I think it'd be really fun and symbolic to kill Lady Justice. I think that that'd be a good one. Yeah. We just put something too heavy on the scale, right? She's blind. You just push her down the stairs. That's true. (laughs) Oh, no. But if I put, like, a pound of feathers on one side and a pound of lead on the other side. No, you'll just balance her out. (laughs) Well, I guess if she's holding it in front of her, even a perfectly balanced scale might throw her off. She doesn't even know. She's usually got nothing on those scales. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what is Lady right. Justice even okay. weighing? J- Lady Justice is the, has symbolic scales. She sometimes has a sword, but she's wearing like like a 
Oh, like you'd have rogue? to get rid of the sword. Are you kidding? What's she yeah. going to do? She's going to wave yeah. it around in front of her? Do you think she can she's, see? She's just she's as blind. She's blind, but she could, she could stab you with the sword, well, I think. She's got well, a blindfold on, so is that why she's blind, or is she the actually swift blind? swift hand of justice. That's a good what okay. if you Look, took the blindfold ju- off? Blind by choice. <laughs> justice, is, justice is blind, but justice... Uh, the scales are supposed to represent. Well, now we all know in the in uh, any kind of reality that justice is not fair. But I think that the uh, the the idea of justice is supposed to be fair, which is represented by the scales. So I feel well, like I if think... I said, "Hey, make this a fair fight," she would put down the sword. Although she might also well, blind me, oh, so maybe I shouldn't oh, wait, say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think you if you if you came at justice, you'd really have to come correct because <laughs> if you deserved it, she would kill you. Right? Is that how it works? You think? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't play that yeah, risk. Does justice means she's always right, or no? She's yeah. I she's don't fair. know because I think that because justice, I, justice, I guess, is a concept. Uh, so you have to be like, okay, how do you go about killing We've a concept already looped in the first place? On the entire plot of this book. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, we have. Just it's funny just having this conversation. We're bringing around the entirety of the book. I like that, uh, uh, Mister Tea Time. Also, he's like. Uh, oh yeah, have you ever thought about killing death? And he's like, oh yeah, definitely. It's like, well, yeah. how how would you do that? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, oh well, I'm sure it won't come to that. It's like, uh, that's something that gets brought up a lot in these books, especially because death is a main character in a few of them. But uh, I I'm I'm not fucking with death. That's like, yeah, I, I don't even know. But I think justice. I think justice is easy because I feel like a lot of people already don't believe in justice, in a mm-hmm. reality sense. People believe in like karma or things like that, but they don't expect the universe to necessarily reward good actions and punish sometimes you have to be karma wow yeah so uh i am going to frame my killing of justice as a noble Cam thing by saying this that... look on his face <laughs> that was i'm really choosing not to interject but i disagree silently <laughs> why you think that I, this might have some kind of repercussion you think that i might be punished sometimes for killing the concept of justice Nick's turning into the punisher right sometimes you have karma all right, smart guy. Then how would you right? do it? How, who are you going to kill? Uh, the leprechaun of uh, St. Patrick's Day. Well, you've seen those movies, right? Name? The guy of St. Patrick's Day. I can't remember what it is. St. <laughs> Patrick? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, he's got all the snakes. He, I wouldn't he isn't the leprechaun no, himself, he killed all the is snakes. he? <laughs> well, he can control the snakes. He drove them out. He could drove them right into he's you. He's Pied Piper of snakes. He is. Is he? He is. <laughs> He's not another fictional thing. Of he's not. He's not exactly depicted all that much. He's, well, he's he, not really. It would be fictional, very easy to kill the Pied the Piper. You just give him a poison. He's on a lot of shirts in Massachusetts, Nick. I don't know. Uh, and uh, in Notre Dame, <laughs> who's that guy? That's yeah, who I'm gonna Dame. kill. Go. Wally the Green that's, Monster. No, that's a leprechaun. That's not St. Patrick. What? Yeah, no, it's St. Patrick's same. not a leprechaun. All right, the guy on the cover isn't oh Zelda my. Cam. That's that's Link. This, is, this is an important distinction. I'm thinking calendar. Really. The leprechaun is on the cover of St. Patrick's Day, but that's not St. Patrick. He's on the cover of St. Patrick's Day. Don't judge a day by its cover. And why not? Anyway, I could kill an Irishman. You've done it. You think he's just got all the powers of an Irishman in this? Yeah. Hopefully not the, the Irish. Irish. Yeah, he's, he's the three Irish. and a half hours long. Uh, <laughs> but only four feet tall. That's weird. <laughs> um, no, 
Um, I, I think it's it's pretty easy to kill the Tooth Fairy. I think you just give him one of those cyanide capsule teeth, and he just dies. What, do you think he, he eats them? them. You, oh, yeah. You mean, well, of course. I like that we're all agreeing. Where do they go? Is it the Toys yeah. situation? I don't think that the Tooth Fairy consumes the teeth in any way. I think they're building <laughs> a house or, or something. Yeah, weird. clearly they build Come on. houses out of them. Well, let's, Unless let's they're get nasty, a less they... um, holiday uh, mascot killing. That's why I went for justice immediately. Yeah. Like an abstract concept okay. that's depicted all over the place. I feel like that's a neat, that's a nice slam dunk. Uh, I... But I keep, I keep saying that. I am going to get sm- smote down somewhere for You're that. Being smote. Um, <laughs> I want to kill the sure. concept of personal possessions. Okay, that's not then, like nobody has anthropomorph- nobody has anthropomorphized that. Manifest Destiny has been uh, no, no, they haven't. personified. No, no, yes, okay, so you want to kill the concept of imperialism? The if you, if you want, if you, yeah, if, yeah, if, you're, if you're trying to go for like a, a killing imperialism thing, then you should go after Uncle Sam. No, oh, I would Sam like to kill the concept of personal possessions so that that's I not a guy. That's not Alex's Reese's out of his freezer okay. without oh, him getting mad at me. How are we bringing this back up? <laughs> Sam wants a Reese's, so we're talking about it. Again. Yes, this I is what, a, a, a month, month or two <laughs> long blood this feud. Is this is why I'm it's not it. even. I thought it. I thought this had it was solved. Sam made good. We this, buried this the beef has been squashed. Yeah, on, it's been squashed, but it wouldn't have up. happened if we all shared the Reese's together. Mm. All right. I do think okay, that you should devise be... a way to kill Uncle Sam, though. I feel like that's okay. No, yeah, that's fine. Um, do you think? So do you think he has any weapons, or does he just point a finger at you all the time? He's got he's got a rolled he's got rolled well, up I, sleeves and a little bit of muscle, but I don't think I've ever seen him with a weapon. I think so he's like he can throw up. he can throw war bonds at you like Gambit. I think. Okay, so he's don't just throwing like money at <laughs> Oh, sorry, especially you. Um, uh, <laughs> I know he uses playing cards. That was my That's only deal, man. Yeah. Maybe his hat turns into like. This thing with razor blades, like um, oh, so Speed Uncle Sam is odd job. <laughs> no, no, he's like speed he's wagon tall to in, uh, hit, actually in JoJo's. And the guy from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. What about so? No, he's definitely. Oh man, I just right? found this great picture of uh, uh, what I uh, one of the earliest pic- depictions of Uncle Sam that I could find. Uh, he's wearing like a wizard hat. It's wonderful. What? Uh-oh. That's very good. I love that. You gotta post it. Hold on. Posting it right now. Eighteen sixty. First. Of- uh oh, those are some uh, caricatures. Well, I mean, uh, they're next yeah, to Uncle that Sam. Sure is dangerous. <laughs> is he <laughs> holding? What's he holding? Is he holding a sword? Is he holding? What? I can't tell at all what he's holding. If it's a knife or a. It's sword a knife. Or... It's become okay. it's a knife. ciphering this political. Yeah, he's cartoon. he's cutting a chicken. Yeah, if you want to see he's, an 1860, 1860, maybe the first ever depiction of Uncle Sam. He is absolutely wearing what looks like a wizard. He looks hat like fucking Ebenezer Scrooge serving the <laughs> the Christmas dinner. Fun dumb sauce. I don't know. What we got we gotta get a magnet. The he's, bottom he's says least... something 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 Maryland and Delaware. <laughs> All I can see is the bag that says Virgin on it. Sorry, yeah, that's that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's I believe it is supposed to be oh, for yeah, Virginia because like the other half you. says yeah, it's about how. Oh, Virginia, yeah. Virginia is being uh, split up between two halves. That, oh, so this is like Civil War? Yes, this is 1860. 
Uncle Sam splitting a virgin down the middle. Now he sounds like a Uncle Sam splitting a virgin down the middle sounds like he'd be kind of hard to take in a fight, actually. Because if he's like if he's like bisecting human sacrifices, like I know Uncle Sam to be in real life, then I feel Mm. like that'd be kind of a rough fight. Mm. Well, you'd have to throw him into a volcano. Yeah, talk about an unfair fight. What if we killed the concept of time? Oh, Father Time. So that'd be Father Father Time. time? Father Time. Yeah, Yeah, that old bitch. So that's like kill him. What you really got to watch out for is that Patricide. New Year's baby. <laughs> oh, baby New Year? Dude, I would I not fuck with him. I'm not going to say I'm going to kill a baby on this show. Uh, baby New Year is about as spry as they come. I feel yeah. like... Uh, you see him in that Rudolph sequel. He's, he's fresh. He's fresh for you. But Father Time, Father Time, like, uh, as you, I believe you said, he is an old bitch. So he is... <laughs> he's, like, how hard, he's not how dying hard easy. He's to take down. Um, well, on the other hand, old age hasn't seemed to do the trick. So I mean, I don't know. Do you guys remember when I posted that mug we saw at Goodwill? Yes. It said Father Time can really kick the shit out of you or something. <laughs> what? Yeah, you I can't remember, remember what it said. I, I, I can remember check that. it on the um, in the in the Discord. But for now, look at this. Oh, just what we were talking about. Yeah. Exactly. God. It's uh, ah. uh yeah this this he father time he's got the side though is he like working on somebody else there he's trying to shave his back i think <laughs> he needs it that's for sure nice rock well cover yeah, all these good. all these uh, anthropomorphic personifications have such loose fitting robes i feel like you just gotta trip them once yeah, get, they get all, all t- get all tangled up in their own clothes do you think the greeks were falling over themselves all the time Yes. Yeah, they were pissed okay. drunk. Well, the time. Greeks were nude all the time. They were just respectable enough when they got painted yeah, for portraits. Exactly. They put the toga on. <laughs> yeah. They were nude, drunk, and having gay sex. They got sex, mosaics like, for mosaics. <laughs> Let me slip into something more comfortable. Then they put clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that baby could beat up that old man. Yeah, I think so. I think that what you really got to watch out for is if you tried to take him in a tag team because then well, the, the New I Year's... I think that, that's a boss baby right there. The New Year's baby yeah. stands on the shoulders of Father Time and they have team attacks. It's devastating. <laughs> mm. But who are they fighting? What concept are they fighting? What about Mother... Oh, no, no, it's us. Oh, it's us. Okay. <laughs> what chance do you stand against Mother Nature? All right, so we have to kill both I stand no fucking chance against Mother Nature. <laughs> are you kidding me? Mother Nature. No, she'll kill I mean, I guess, I guess I we're kind of working can... on killing her slowly. We're, like, doing oh, actually, slow poison yeah, damage. <laughs> yeah, if, if yeah, one uh... person went up against her, dead. Collectively. Got, yeah, you know, we've got we've made this, like we said, an unfair fight. Everyone I mean, versus Mother Nature. End, though, with all these hurricanes and uh, floods and such. But who's the if the earth is a blasted heath and there's nothing left there's nothing left to grow because that's of, good yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, kind of like who would win uh, like as like long one, as one cockroach who would is still win around fight, is mother nature still there one giant lion or a hundred teeny tiny lions um <laughs> I mean uh the t- teeny how many how many of those can the big lion eat. Like, is it full? <laughs> Does it get full after a certain amount? I mean, imagine it's just a normal lion, but it's really big. Oh, it so it's going to... Yeah, I can't eat that much. <laughs> at once. I don't know. Yeah. Of course, there's a uh, Marvel Comics character named Father Time. <laughs> I, I'll close this window now, Oh, of I course. Promise. I kind of love this, actually. Well, I mean, Cam, my, my, my uh, open also, Google thing... They have I I'm, Sandmans in I'm looking at a bunch of fucking 1800s caricatures of Uncle Sam, so I mean... This is another scythe, uh, too. I didn't realize a scythe was a common thing that he I think it's just a conflation between He reaps death, what has right? been sown. 
Hold on, Uncle Sam's like He's twelve feet tall in this yeah. one I have here. Well, Uncle yeah. Sam was also a a comic character, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Alex Roth did a couple of really good drawings of him. Yeah, I like the gruff. Wow, wow. Nineteen eighteen. So Uncle this, yeah, Sam. Uncle Sam is like twelve feet tall in this one. God, there should be a legal <laughs> limit on words in a fucking political cartoon that is this is a well cam this is an army ad this is a poor this is horrible this the people who join the army can't read not anymore they spend (laughs) all their energy on this they burnt themselves out the batteries yeah i'm glad they told me where china france and siberia i've never seen those countries before i like france and the rhine (laughs) It, That's like where the over Europe. Is. It's France Way down and where the Madagascar line. should be because they can't fit it on the diagram. Oh man, I'm getting a bunch of really good, a uh, bunch of good ones of um, of uh, Uncle Sam being lazy that I oh, like, where it's oh. like America's not doing something. See, I feel like because people are constantly drawing him as the uh, the personification of America, every time America does something shitty or stupid, <laughs> Uncle Sam yeah. has to take on those traits, right? Yeah. So. I feel as though, like, even though, like, he gets depicted as, like, kind of a uh, a hard, hardworking, tough guy, I feel like he's actually, like, a lazy sack of shit that if I, like, dropped a $5 bill, he would immediately bend down to pick it up, and then I could need him. That's possible. Nuts. Yeah, it might be a um, disproportional <laughs> comparison. It's like how you see Donald Trump in political cartoons, where he's, like, ripped. Oh, my God, back. where he's, like, a shredded linebacker. Okay, guys, I actually... Wait, all those Ben Garrison cartoons? I'm referring to Ben Garrison very specifically. <laughs> I definitely yes. don't. I haven't seen it <laughs> So I accidentally added Mother Nature to my Father Time's search, and I'm going to puke my pants. It's like fan fiction. Like, Oh, are they yeah, fucking? They're like married. <laughs> Wait, that's how they make Baby New Year? Whoa. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's one every year, right? There's a new Baby New Year every God year. God damn, right? are they going at it? Ugh. <laughs> All right, I'm not. All right, I think we can jettison this for a second. <laughs> Kill them all. I didn't even I didn't even think about Mother Earth as a separate being from Mother Nature, but uh, until, at least until I saw Cam post Mother this Earth drawing. has Antarctic titties up here. <laughs> I know. What continent is that? I want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> you could guess what wow. we're looking at, but it is a it's a planet with uh, legs. It's a drawing. I think it's it's funnier if we don't explain <laughs> it. When, when what is this like 1650? <laughs> oh, this was last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just drew this. <laughs> I'm really impressed by your hatching. Yeah, that's yeah, good. People had time. All right, there. well, uh, now uh, we are going to take a brief break so that we can jettison ourselves to the second segment where we can explain what the fuck we are talking about <laughs> and dive uh, right mm. into Hogfather. Going, going, going. Oh, I'm going to refresh my drink. Hogwash. Going, going, going. Yes, leave out, leave out some pork pies and some sherry oh, for the Hogfather in the second segment. I- Father, this is Hogswatch. It's supposed to be jolly with mistletoe and holly and other things ending in Ollie. It's a time when people are meant to feel good about things and eat until they explode. A time when they want to see all their relatives. 
I mean it's a time when humans are really human and they don't want a... a skeleton at the feast. Especially one, I might add, who's wearing a false beard and has got a damn cushion shoved up his robe. I mean, why? Albert said it would help me get into the spirit of the thing. This is a real job. And I was looking forward to a real Hogswatch where normal things happen with normal people in a normal house. And suddenly the old circus comes to town. Well, I don't know what's going on, but you can just leave right now. Albert. Buggery. Master, I'm stuck. The pixie. Oh, come along in, do. If the real Hogfather doesn't turn up soon, there's not going to be enough room for him. He won't be joining us. So what have you turned up for? And if it's for business reasons, I will add, then that outfit is in extremely poor taste. The Hogfather is unavailable. At Hogswatch? Yes. Why? He is... Let me see. There isn't an entirely appropriate human word, so let's settle for... Gone. Yes. He is gone. Yes. Welcome back, listeners, to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends on It. This week, we are reading or listening to Hogfather, which is a 1996 uh, novel by Terry Pratchett about, as I said, uh, the Discworld's version of Santa Claus uh, having his job filled in for by death. And uh, there's a lot more going on the book with the book than that, but that is the basic premise. I'm going to do uh, my duty as a publicist, and I'm going to read the back of the book for you so we get a nice little oh, summary. Oh. Um, who would want to harm Discworld's most beloved icon? Very few things are held sacred in this twisted, corrupt, heartless, and oddly familiar universe, but the Hogfather is one of them. Yet here it is, Hogswatch Night, that most joyous and acquisitive of times. The jolly old red-suited gift-giver has vanished without a trace. And there's something shady going on involving an uncommonly psychotic member of the Assassin's Guild and a certain representative of Ankh-Morpork's rather extensive criminal element. 
Suddenly, Discworld's entire myth system is unraveling at an alarming rate. Drastic measures must be taken, which is why Death himself is taking up the reins of the fat man's vacated sleigh, which in turn has Death's level-headed granddaughter, Susan, racing to unravel the nasty, humbuggied mess before the holiday season goes straight to hell and takes everyone along with it. <laughs> That's fun. Good, good, uh, good lead-in. Yes. Um, I first read this book when I was in high school. It was one of the, uh, so the, uh, the high school library, uh, the one that, uh, we went to had, uh, a very small science fiction fantasy section. And I think over the course of my first two years at the high school, I think I read every single book in there <laughs> and they didn't have a lot of Discworld books, but this was one of the ones they had. And I was drawn to it because it had a Santa on the spine. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Uh, a Santa with tusks, and it said Hogswatch, and I read yeah. it. And this was my first Discworld book. This is number, what is <laughs> number twenty? I think that is that so funny. I, I, I think it's so interesting that this is your entry point into. But this it's universe. so good. It's so good yeah. as an entry point. Even if we've never read Guards, Guards, I think that this works really well, yeah. despite it being yeah. so far in. And like, like say you know who, you know, Constable Nobbs is, or you know what the relationship with between Death and his granddaughter is, or any of that stuff. Like, you don't need to know that. And if you don't, they give you a little refresher at the points where you might yeah. need it. And being able to recognize some of these characters is nice, but you, it's not something that you need in order to go through. It's one of the best uh, episodic stories that I can think of, where things do have lasting consequences. But a lot of the time it's more fun to just be able to experience whatever adventure is happening this time. Oh, yeah. Hardly anything productive happens in this book until... Oh, until no. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, it, it took a while so for me to it. even get like, okay, so what's Susan's deal? Yeah, why like, are what, we doing uh, this? What are they doing? How did they do it? Mm -hmm. A couple of uh, beings are created out of thin air. That's of consequence, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, sort of sometimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Discworld, for those of you not in the know, is a uniquely magical world that is a flat disc uh, carried on the back of four elephants uh, who are standing on top of a giant turtle, the, the great turtle Atuin, who is uh, going through space. And this world is, it is a, a soft fantasy universe. Like yeah, very, I would say soft fantasy. It's a story that it's yes. a disc, and of course there's the turtles yes. and the elephants. It's, yes. it's mentioned almost constantly. Yeah, it's well, mentioned yeah, at the exactly. beginning of like every so, book I've ever tried to read. I was I was joking. It's so I, I inconsequential love, that we're even mentioning it. It's not important yes. at all. But I, I specifically love how weirdly soft fantasy this is. I think we'll get into it, mm -hmm. but like they they'll just throw in some contemporary stuff or like very contemporary seeming the stuff. Oh, they go to the mall and either. they have a yeah. mall hog Yeah, father. There's a mall, yeah. They just mm -hmm. kind of <laughs> we'll throw all that in. It's so funny. I didn't even think there's about a, the mall. Uh, and there's also magic and wizards and death walking around. I didn't think around. about the mall being out of place at all. <laughs> so there's funny. a really, yeah. really yeah, funny entire Discworld book about the invention of the printing press in this universe. That is is one of my favorite ones they've ever that he ever did. Oh man! Uh, and uh, another one about the invention of the postal service. But I, I which sounds boring, but it is actually band, really, right? really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, the, the book is called Going Postal, and it's uh, it was one of the later oh, ones right. he did. Um, it's uh, a guy who has committed some like high treason crimes, getting put the post, getting given the postal service job as a punishment. Oh man! And yeah, I could absolutely see Terry Pratchett doing a brutal takedown of a brutal twee takedown of working at a job. 
for sure. <laughs> there's some, there's some good stuff in there. Um, but yes, this was the first. Uh, it, uh, this is the first Terry Pratchett story ever I ever read, and I got addicted to them afterwards. It's uh, something that Emily and I have bonded over over the years. This is one of the only things. There are a few things like when I show her something that I really care about. Often it's like wow, it's cool and I understand why you like it, but I think that this is really stupid and it's not for me at all. Um, but Discworld, we do is, on this Discworld is not that at all. She loved it. She got into it immediately. It was something that we could talk about, something that, like, she mm. would, she has, when I told her that we were doing this for the episode, she brought up uh, two of my favorite bits as, as hers as well, which are, was, of course, Bilius, the god of hangovers. Uh, who she yes. said is one of her favorite created characters in anything, the and uh, yeah, the the O god of hangovers, not a guy. and uh, <laughs> and the restaurant scene, which I would love oh, to talk to about in more detail. Oh yeah. Uh, once we uh, once we get to Cam's impressions, but um, the the book opens with uh, Mr. Tea Time or Tiatime as he likes to pronounce it, receiving a contract from some shadowy uh, ethereal figures uh, at the Assassins Guild for Santa. Like, you know, for hogs, for the Hogfather, this world's version of Santa. And without question, he immediately accepts it because he's excited. He's excited at the challenge, at the opportunity to kill an idea. And he's thought about it before. Yeah. He's thought yes. about <laughs> what it would take to kill Santa. And then it kind of, the, the story kind of leaps forward a little bit from there. And we find out, we don't know why exactly, but we can see that death is doing the job of Santa. Yeah. And they very very cleverly skip forward mm-hmm. to what, what seems like the consequence of the consequences of yes. his actions, but what, you know, obviously there's still later more on, going sure on. They, yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, so we see death doing the job of Santa. We know a hit has been put out on Santa and death's grand yeah. death's adoptive granddaughter is starting to turn into death because nobody's doing his job since he's doing Santa's job. Mm-hmm. And, there uh because santa is not around and people are not believing in him other belief is sloshing around which means that people who They've, are there's extra belief. yeah there's yeah, extra there's belief a, so things keep getting thing away, created the same amount of resource yeah. exists so that resource can be taken up by new things which is why when some of the wizards start talking about have you ever wondered where your socks go when you do laundry i feel like i've ended up with a bunch of single singles and either all, all the pairs are missing and then it's like well do you think it eats the socks there or does some something thing. with yeah. the socks and then it's like okay the sock eater gets created immediately i and believe that, in yeah. the vhs tape eater and it's just a giant <laughs> vcr it just Love wants spaghetti. scrambled eggs yeah it just wants scrambled <laughs> eggs and cheese so that is the main thrust of this book there's a lot going on in it a lot of uh, characters i like a lot of moments i like but i am going to be annoying about that throughout everyone else's impressions. So first I am going Great. to pass it off to Seb, who I know has did not have as much time as everyone else. So I wanted to give you the chance first to let me know what you thought of Hogfather. Yeah. So I, as Nick said, I haven't had a lot of time. I really wish I had more time with this book. I only got about three hours into the audiobook, mm-hmm. um, So I'm about up to the part where the wizards are having like a hogs watch dinner party. Oh, or something good. Like that's that. some of oh, my yes, favorite the famous, stuff. So I'm glad you yeah. famous hogs watch dinner. Um, the, which I have not gotten very far in. It was kind of describing what they all had out and what they were kind of 
mm-hmm. sitting around doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, I think that leads into the the oh god, the god of ah oh, damn, I I almost got there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I've had a string of unfortunate events. I could have listened to it more over the last week because I was. Well, this does this isn't an yeah, interrogation. Well, no, no, no I know. I'm, I'm just kind of expressing my um my disappointment for the wiki in, in the yeah. fact that I didn't have have enough time um because i was working from home i could have been listening to it but when i'm working from home i do have to think enough sometimes or read enough words while i'm working Mm -hmm. that i can't listen to an audiobook um but anyway so i started out i got like an hour and a half in in one sitting Mm -hmm. and i was just you know with guards guards i i loved this the um sense of humor in that one too i just love mm-hmm. terry pratchett's sense of humor and the oh, guy they great. have reading the audiobooks um, nigel planer yeah nigel planer you said mm-hmm. planer oh, yes I'm glad you um, that because i was gonna give him a shout out too he's so good yeah, oh it's great um, he's great so the guy who he, they have reading the audiobooks while the quality is crunchy and bad because it was co- recorded in the 90s it's, and was, then uploaded to YouTube. It was very YouTube. charming how yeah. awful it's this sounded. Yeah. For it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I was almost tempted to get like the book on Audible, but I'm like, it's not going to sound it's... that much better. Um, not, not, to, not to interject, but this, I, I was listening to this on my headphones, which are like pretty decent headphones. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh man, this sounds awful. Yeah, I had my... Um, I was doing tank. something in the kitchen, so I put it onto my absolutely terrible speakers on my monitor and it sounded fine because the speakers are always yeah they cancel each other (laughs) um very crunchy wrongs made it right in that sense Uh, this reminds me i like i can hear see this makes it feel like a i I, when i read this story the first time i i had of course read it but i have since listened to the audiobook and i joined in with you guys uh this time and listening to the audiobook and um to me, it makes me smile because it makes me remember listening to books on tape as a kid. Like I hear that sound, and I think of the noise the of the grainy, tape, the tape crunchy, rolling, yeah, uh, in my uh, and it, like the, so much of this book is about the warm, fuzzy, nostalgic feeling of something like a Hogs Watch or a Christmas. So hearing it with that quality, this is gonna sound stupid or like I'm covering up for a flaw, but like I it just made it all the more oh, no. it, like it thematic for me. Too. For sure. Yeah, I think if I had that, if the, um, the tape cassette is crackling over the same fire was, you're st- was sitting going on, I would have been like, oh yeah, like this is like I'm eight years old. Um, I didn't actually listen to that many tapes as, as a kid, um, but anyway, uh, so I like him a lot because he's got like this very monotone voice. He does not break character when he's reading because a lot of this stuff will make you laugh a lot of Mm -hmm. it gets a snort or even like a laugh out loud or a comment from me um and he just keeps like just chugging along monotone doesn't doesn't give any affection affectation 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 yeah affectation to to the words it's just dry monotone humor and I love that because that's the way Terry Pratchett writes that all these ridiculous things yeah. he's saying are just matter of fact. That's just the way it is. Um, and I love that. I love he, that he writes that way. Um, I've read a bit of, um, I don't know if this has been since we did the guards, guards episode or if it was before, but I, I read a bit of good omens um, with uh, Neil Gaiman. I um, think that, uh, I think that, Terry Pratchett should have like put a leash on Neil Gaiman to restrain some of his 
artistic uh, <laughs> like urges. Because I, yeah. I think that Good Omens is really good, and I think that Terry Pratchett has the right instincts to like temper someone like Neil Gaiman's kind of more like why more does fanciful that name stuff. sound familiar? He did Which, Sandman. What, what is uh, oh so, Sandman? So, um, Coraline. Oh yes, Coraline. That's the one. American that's the one I should have led with. The one that actually got made into a major American <laughs> film instead of the one that only seven I care about. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of stuff. But anyway, yes, Good Omens. Good Omens is is uh, quite quite good. Uh, and I think that um, maybe Neil Gaiman should have a handler that tells him when to stop. Like, because clearly editors aren't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in that, the book opens and it's like, in the beginning, the universe was made, um, which is a very controversial move. And a lot of people didn't like it or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. And that's definitely a Terry Pratchett line. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that just kind of dry wit. Yeah, I, so I love it. I mean, it's it's a very British thing, but it's also like it's uniquely his mm-hmm. and his. Yeah, that dry sarcasm, and I love how he yeah. uses it to say stuff about not only the disc world but also our world. Yes. It's Still just matter of world. fact yeah. that's the way it is. But it sounds ridiculous. It's it sounds like absurdist humor when you're reading it. Um, so I I just love that just to say a lot, like just wax po- poetic about his writing. Um, and he just does it like the world while being ridiculous has an internal consistency and logic to it. The disc um, world is one of my favorite settings that there has ever been in any fiction. Yeah. I think there's so much you can do with it and so much that he did do with it yeah. over the course of his life. Like how many books <laughs> are in this series? Like 40? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. There, there were a lot of them. There's and that I think many? That there's 40 it did, books. He was well, writing is, them from like the 80s up until he died. Yeah, this is book, number 20. Yeah, oh is book number 20 and he stopped in like 2010 or something Holy because shit. his Alzheimer's was getting too bad. And the thing is, he never ran out of steam. If anything, I think it was more like a he had to gather steam because the first like three-ish books are like fine, but he's not mm-hmm. there yet. And then book four is Mort and that one's pretty good. And then like by the time you get to like Guards Guards, which is I had you guys read, he's like like all the way there. And then everything just improves from there. The like it just gets better and better is and better. This good. Like, it's, yes, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> this was my starting point. This was my entry into this series. If it had been worse or if it had been more confusing, I would have just like bounced right off it and never thought about it again. Like a million Arthur C. Clarke, Clarke and Isaac Asimov things that I picked up in that same library from that same shelf, and I started reading them, and I don't remember a single detail about them now. Yeah, but I remember yeah. the Hogfather. I, it disappoints me that I didn't read his stuff before he died because I would have been very excited every time a new Discworld thing came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, you know, wishing yes. what could have been. Anyway, so um, I got up to... So it starts out, they make the plan to kill the Hogfather. The hog. mm-hmm. um, and then they go to Susan. Susan, who is, you know, Death's granddaughter, is now a governess for these two kids in this mm-hmm. family who's aspiring to be wealthy. Well, they're mm-hmm. they're already wealthy, but they're aspiring to be like even more Wealthier. wealthy. So more wealthy. Um, which means which means you gotta have someone watch your kids while you're doing wealthy things, yeah. like having cigar parties. What are the kids? Yep. Yeah, well, not working and having. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. are the kids' parties. stupid names again? Twyla and, and Gawain. Uh, Gawain. Yeah, and Gawain. And they talk and about how Terry Project makes fun yeah. of that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. a manager named Twyla at. No, you didn't. Come on. She was real. She's a really nice lady. Yeah, I like um, how uh, Susan scolds them whenever they try to talk cute. It's like no, yeah. no, real children oh, don't that's talk. That's such like a that. funny bit. Yeah. Doing that on purpose. Yeah, shit. and I, I love yeah. the way the um, the narrator in the audiobook does it too. 
Yeah. He like adds the the lisp the and everything. And the lisp. He does it really yeah, good. Yeah, adds the kind of cutesy sound, yeah. and then they repeat it normally. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, um, I have a little quote here. Real children do okay. not go hippity skip unless they are on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I wish I'd taken some quotes out of the book. There's some really good ones up, up to where I got. Um... I just googled it because I I knew there were so many lines that I loved. It's oh, a okay. short list on this Goodreads book. Yeah, this is a gold mine for quotable um, quotes. Incredible stuff. <laughs> quotable. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna link that same page because yeah. I think that it's it's just great to have just wow. Yeah, you're a lot of this. a lot of really just very like almost too clever. Yeah, one-offs. I think that this you've been doing it for a while at this point. Terry Pratchett <laughs> yeah. is just on the edge of being too clever. I think he really nails like yeah. So I think it, it absolutely works, but it is yeah. yeah. It can be like a little too twee or a little bit like yes more on the nose than you'd want but i think yeah, he pulls absolutely. it off yeah because oh, i, I think like his... that going over the edge turns you into neil gaiman which is why i was making fun of him earlier <laughs> real um, life example <laughs> because yeah. i was listening to the audiobook i didn't get this is that um death when he's talking talks in a big block all caps of all caps, all caps different caps. font yeah, oh, without yeah. any quotations Wait, because he I'm talks sorry. into your brain. I said this list was short. I'm on page one of nine. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's uh, it's a it's a relatively large book and there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I do sorry. like it when authors yeah. do creative things. I mean that that in itself is not one of the most creative things I've seen, but I like it when they play with the formatting of the text a lot. Oh yeah. Um. Well, one thing that was funny that this reminds me of is um, Susan goes to Death's house and mm-hmm. finds like notes to himself about um being the hog father mm-hmm. like how to do this <laughs> as if he's been doing this for like weeks trying to figure it out which i guess he mm-hmm. kind of has since he kind of stops time yeah when mm-hmm. he's been the hog yeah. father um and his handwriting it says is written with serifs on it <laughs> which is ridiculous yeah. because who does yeah. that but he's just writing in like this serif block font like times new roman yeah, um, yeah. The, the audio so that was... reader does such an incredible job of doing it exactly how it's printed in the book because it's in all caps yeah. whenever death talks and when, when yeah. the way he reads it is like ho 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 like emotionless <laughs> yeah. but yeah. really really emphasize yeah a little bit louder but and still even though it's like that death has a personality which is the problem um which i i, I don't know if this got onto pod but i watched a um like the intro to Discworld animation where the auditors who are the um, the shadowy figures who want the Hogfather dead in this, they also want Death to be dead because they don't like it when concepts have personalities because it makes them <laughs> yeah. inefficient. So they're going to fire and yeah. therefore the kind of kill Death. The are sort of overarching villains in the saga of Death. They're like the Discworld has different like series within it like that when they that follow different main characters like there's Rincewind who I brought up off the show the wizard who can barely do magic but is very good at running away um, <laughs> uh, he's he's like one of the first ones to get introduced some of the books follow death and his family uh, some of the books follow the watch which I think is probably the best series uh, yeah and um, like but there's like stiff competition they are all good they're all good Uh and um was it the um was it the auditors who were like didn't have a personality yes. because they couldn't die yes, yes. or they, like they, they, they thought die. that not being interesting yes. meant that they there's a great <laughs> quote towards die. the end where he, uh, death is like there is a creature that 
does not eat and does not breathe and has no brain and it lives very very uh deep down at the bottom of the ocean and the auditors hate it imagine what they think about humans (laughs) (laughs) yeah they can't have a personality because they're a collective so if you make yourself being at two all individual individual if you said yourself. me or i you just immediately poof out of existence yeah, yeah if you keep doing it they they'll scold each other for doing it and then if they keep doing it they just disappear and then another one just crops They're up like, in their why place. did you use oh yeah why did we say that and he's like well i just damn and yeah. he dies <laughs> yeah that's great i love all this abstract concept type things it, yes. it's kind of like some taking, of my favorite shit like deep concepts like existence through belief and like mm-hmm. what is it to have a person and then you just make a shit post out of it oh yeah, yeah well like, or yeah, it's, it, it's heady but it's yeah, accepting it's it's yeah. as it's on its face right like yeah uh the disc world disc world is a flat world but instead of going well like how does it move well it's like well it's on the back of four elephants who are on the back of a turtle and it's like well how does that move it's like well i already explained it to you yeah, they're on the it's, ba- it's oh, on the back of four elephants which is on the back of a turtle so yeah i, I don't understand what turtle, else whether what other information you space. need yeah exactly um uh so like when you know when people are like uh somebody people will joke that like you're on i'm i'm going to take you to the edge of the disc or whatever like that's a place you go you can go to and the the disc world's version of australia is called the counterweight continent because it is Mm -hmm. like positioned in such a way that the disc world is still balanced Mm. uh weight wise (laughs) as opposed to where ankh-morpork is but it's a funny way to think about it and it's obviously something that doesn't need to be that way but you tell when you're telling your story, this is something that I grow, as I grow up, I find I like more and more. And what I originally even liked about superhero comics is like, when you do something insane in a story, you have to believe in it. Yeah. You have to tell me with a straight face that the eater of worlds, the menace that is going to completely destroy all civilization on this planet, that he wears a giant pink and purple hat with horns. And you got to look me in the <laughs> eye and you got to tell me you are scared of him. Yep, you gotta and then I'm in with your story. If you say, uh, nice hat, dipshit, when he shows up, I am not going to be along for the ride. Yeah. You, yeah I have that's, to, that's I have to be there as well. The, the movies nowadays, not to get into that. Yes. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, back to what I thought about the plot, rather. Mm-hmm. Um Ooh. I think it's fun. I like Susan. I like how she takes care of the kids. I love how um, everyone else, they don't see the monsters. And at first you're kind of like, are the monsters actually there? Or is she pretending they're there? But mm-hmm. that makes them also... Re- and it's, yeah, hitting them which with is the fire true, poker but also they are actually uh, there. Um, and I actually like the, one of the... She bent the fire poker so convincing. Yeah, I like, like the, pa- the, the parents <laughs> rationalizing it because they're like, oh, ah, yeah. yeah, that's a really good trick. It's probably They're never going to be like scared of that again if, you know, yeah. you, you, you probably go down in the basement, you come back up with a bent poker, and all of a sudden they're, yeah, all of a sudden they're not scared anymore. That was very convincing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's just so fun. Um, yeah. But at first you're not really sure, are they actually there or are they not actually there? Because she does supposedly drag a monster out of the um mm-hmm. the basement but you're not sure if it's just like you know, a ball telling you she did whatever. yeah you know um yeah. but i i really love that kind of thing and um also uh one of the wizards had a quote that was something like yeah if you're a wizard you see what's actually there mm-hmm. rather than yes, what's exactly. not really there yes um susan tries so hard not to see that shit or to mm-hmm. walk through because she wants or... to be normal 
and yeah. it's the, but even that means you have to remember what a doorknob does because when you walk through walls sometimes you're not gonna know you're not gonna remember mm-hmm. yeah if you never have to use it mm-hmm. it's like i i know how to drive stick but i never have to do it so i if you put it in mm-hmm. front of me i would probably still stumble a couple of times mm-hmm. even if you know what a doorknob is if you never ever ever have to use one it might might uh confound you a little bit you eventually yeah. lose your connection i've seen these before hold on no. give me yeah. a minute <laughs> <laughs> pull it um yeah. but yeah so i like susan as a character she's really really interesting because of her, um, like, I really want to be normal, but I got to do this job. Like, I got to right. fix this hogfather shit. I got to, oh, no, my granddad killed Santa. <laughs> all that kind of thing, even though he didn't didn't really. Um, and all this kind of thing. And um, then you go over to the, that group of assassins. And they're, they're fun because you have um tea time leading mm-hmm. them and he's a me- he's absolutely a menace you get introduced to him and they're kind of like yeah he's he's a killer but he's kind of he's kind of awkward right he has a he has a an honor he, about him in a way he and likes that's the puppies thing about and the, then you uh, go on through the story and you're like no he's a fucking monster <laughs> well one of the fun things about uh tea time uh, coming from the guild of assassins is that they bring up in this book and in other books that the guild of assassins is one of the best places to get an education you you like uh, it's just a if you if you're given to the guild of assassins as an orphan then you're going to become learned yeah, over time really like you it'll be high class education in this like you can learn a lot of useless it's, shit but you'll not you won't yes have, or it's I like going the to the coast guard either. academy getting an education was a bit like a communicable sexual disease it made you unsuitable for a lot of jobs and then you had the urge to pass it on to someone else <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really like oh you know all this but you don't know anything you like you don't know oh yeah like at the end of towards the end of the book uh death says okay if we don't do this then the sun won't rise and then susan's like what are you talking about of course the sun will rise it's it's, that's astrology you can't like mess with that and death's like i wish i was as smart as you (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um yeah so they're they're menace and then there's this group of wizards who Mm -hmm. i haven't figured out what their exact deal is yet um because so they opened a bathroom that was sealed because it was made, made by bloody by... stupid johnson yeah it was <laughs> made God by an engineer who only makes things that um don't work as intended but work very well in ways which they were not intended yeah um, i loved all, all of the bathroom talk was so yeah funny. the guy goes i, in I there, loved all of that he shit. goes in there and he's he's having like a really great shower and everything and he's singing in the shower and then he presses a button <laughs> that apparently says old faithful on it and of yeah. course it's a geyser implied mm-hmm. it goes straight a, up yeah. his butt right yeah yes. yeah because yeah. i was listening uh, bidet to jokes. specifically like put a sign on this no one should ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. never never to touch this, this at all to and from work one entirety one entire day for me was just bathroom jokes because of this section <laughs> of the book <laughs> like yeah. on my way to work i listen to 20 minutes of bathroom jokes on my way home i listen to 20 minutes of bathroom jokes <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I also liked Susan with the, her, her bits with the, the death of rats. Mm-hmm. And I like the created I... because of the excess belief because the death, belief. death can do any like animal. He can go visit them and take their, you know, be there for their death as well. Mm-hmm. But this, <laughs> there being this extra belief 
somebody somebody you know says something along the lines of like oh well i mean what happens when the rat dies does a little like a little rat in a hood come take the soul away or whatever <laughs> yeah and then that's what happens the little, little and all i can say rat. is squeak 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 <laughs> yeah which would get grading but uh-huh. it's very cute actually they do it um, yeah. sparingly yeah um, I like him and his kind of companionship with the raven, which, did he have a name? I think he's just the raven. Okay. I, yeah. I keep he wanting to call him Matthew because of Sandman. Hmm. Um, because there's a raven in there who's the companion to um, Morpheus, whose name is Matthew, um, and can talk, but is both smarter and and more and less of my, I don't know, whatever. Um so that's all very fun. I love Death as a character. Mm-hmm. He's just great. He's trying so hard to be the Hogfather and also failing <laughs> miserably. He he crashes a mall. Um, they're, they're having like mall Santa time and he crashes mm-hmm. the mall with his real sleigh, with mm-hmm. his real hogs who <laughs> piss all over everything. They take a week. And great. the kids act very the- realistically. They're like, hi, yes. Pete. Um, yeah. I love that because that's like it's a, they're acting the way that kids would actually act mm-hmm. instead of the way that kids act in a book or a movie or whatever. Yeah, which is I want I want the violent toy, and isn't it funny that your uh, that your pig peed on the it's, floor? It's so that's, funny. Yeah. I love repetitive humor, but it, I didn't expect it in something this old. But like every single kid, they do it like five <laughs> times. It comes up to him and says, I know the hog took a pee. Like, they do it subtly. Very <laughs> naughty. Every time. Like, the, every kid who comes up says that the pig pissed on the floor and everyone saw it. Yeah. yeah. That um, scene contains one of my favorite bits in the whole book, which is something that I, I posted a little comic of for you guys, where uh, uh, the mother is trying to get the little girl to say what she has for the girls like you want this because i have the presents at home yeah yeah yeah, you want this so tell the hog father you want this and she's like i want a sword and and death as the hog father is like here you go and he makes the mom (laughs) shut up when she won't stop trying to tell the kid what the kid wants yeah yeah exactly i i love this it's because it's coming from the perspective of somebody who both is a parent and hates other parents Mm -hmm. i think um, because Terry Pratchett does have a a daughter. He has I a think. daughter. Oh, that's uh, yeah. Rihanna Rihanna Pratchett, who is yeah. is very nice. Um, she actually wrote for video games for a while. I'm not sure if she Ooh. still does that. Um, but like, I'm very happy. So a lot of times when an author dies, they'll have like the the kids like continue on their work. They did that. You think even with Douglas Adams, which is like annoying. But um, Rihanna Pratchett does her own stuff. She has not been asked like, hey, can you do more Discworld books? She's like, no, my dad, mm. my dad's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I don't need to do more of that. Yeah, and so it's something that I appreciate because, like, it's a gig that you could probably get paid for forever. You know, you don't have to yeah. turn in something good. It's got a franchise name attached to it. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and Anne Rice, who who just died, mm-hmm. um, her son does Vampire Chronicles stuff, and then um, the author of Dune, his mm-hmm. good son old Frank does Herbert Dune stuff. Yeah, thank God those his, his son does are... a lot of Dune stuff. Um, you know, yeah, still <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I. I am really loving this so far. I think I might, I might continue the audiobook if I can find the brain power to listen to it. Because um, sometimes I like to just veg out and listen to music. And, and when I'm listening to non-music, it's normally YouTube videos. But it's really fun so far. I like I wish I have had read more Discworld. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, I'm not going to say it's, it's right everything. up my alley, but no, it's no. When great. you have, when you have loaned me books, and when when you and I have talked about fiction, Seb, I think that a lot of what you enjoy about a fiction story, about a fantasy world is here in the disc world and i would love if you were i able love to the world building. get into it it's one of yes. the barely ever dips in and it's quality. really it's solid like, if you like it now you're gonna like it through the whole thing oh yeah yes, for sure um but maybe i'll i'll try to listen to the rest of it because it is quite christmassy even even for being in another universe mm-hmm. um yeah big time so yeah uh who else wants to talk going 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 i'm gonna hop yes. in next all right if that's all right um I, I had a lot of fun with this. As much as I like to rag on Nick for picking a book and giving us homework to do, <laughs> um, anytime I get into one of these, I just he's, have a He's time really fun. lucky I, this is this game. Um, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, we, we had a lot of fun with Guards, Guards. I think if you are listening to this and you haven't heard that episode, it was a blast. Yes. And it is um, it was kind of our end point for this yes. Uh, and know, I think that if I were to choose a starting stuff. point for the Discworld, like this is obviously mine and this is one of my favorite books. But if I were to like, if someone asked me like, oh, my, my son or daughter is like getting into uh Discworld, like I want to start them off with a book, which one is it? I think Guards Guards is I think one of my, one of the best entry points you could have because it's far enough in that Terry Pratchett's writing, st- writing style is more defined, but it's also the starting point of one of the series that he likes to go through, that he likes to revisit over the time. And knowing who the watch is and like what they do is nice. Yeah, they name-check yeah. him a couple times in this, and I'm like, oh, I know yeah. who the yeah, watch exactly. are. I've, I've seen all of their buffoonery. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a ton of fun. You know, we've kind of done a, a bit of a loose plot structure, but I really enjoyed... Uh, um, at least from what I've been able to gather from, you know, Guards, Guards and this book, I just love how they'll camp out for, you know, because I'm listening to the audiobook for like an hour or something on just a couple characters talking about something kooky in a room. Like it's not, there's not really, um, this is a fantasy series, but very seldomly is it a grand adventure, oh, at least yeah. from There's my so... exposure. It's, we joked about it's, it earlier. It's like a series of long form jokes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of people talking about very interesting, very funny mm-hmm. things in the abstract. Uh, in usually. fact, the series loves, <laughs> uh, the series in this book in particular loves to make a joke out of how the wizards are very important and they receive a lot of funding and they do a lot of important magical work or so they say. But if you go and visit them on any given day, a lot of times they're just fucking around. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The, they, all they do is they're you know they're they've got tenure. Uh, so you know you've got yeah. the, the lecturer and recent miss- runes and. Uh, the uh, the chair of indefinite studies and like it's just like you made that up so you wouldn't have to do any work and a lot of the yeah, times that's well, the case. What what was it? Uh, one of them was there was like a philosophy from one of them that said that man was created to evolve into professors at OCD. yes exactly <laughs> oh my god yeah. I love that. But this book just focuses it focuses in on a lot of characters just like messing around. It, uh, shooting the shit talking about experiencing this weird funny heady abstract stuff um i think my favorite bit of this this book is the all the nonsense with the the oh god of hangovers Mm -hmm. all of the like as nick mentioned earlier all the residual belief just turning into these insane characters that are just uh, poofed into existence because someone thinks they and might exist yes yeah, it's like, oh, well, there's a god of wine. What about... Yeah, well, where's the hangover you know, go? I don't, I don't see the god of the wine. Happen. Happen. And then immediately <laughs> someone shows up and they're like, oh, fuck. 
Oh, my head. <laughs> oh, God. There's a little guy, a little gremlin who hits him on the head with the hammer, and he's just like, why are you, they're like, why are you doing that? And he's like, it's my job. I, I have to do this. Because you think I might. It's, it's all just, like, all this stuff is just so endlessly clever. Like, like I said earlier, it's almost too clever for its own good, but I'm still on board for it, I think. <laughs> They get gets a couple points where I'm like, oh boy, all right. They really set up this whole hour long thing to make this one joke. Or yeah, Matt brought it up the bathroom it, stuff. I didn't realize how much the time they spent on that, and then they bring it back at the end of the book too, like almost the last. Yeah. Scene it's one of the, the last things is about do. the bathroom again. They love it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's so fun. I I had a blast with this. It's just. It's really nicely in the kind of Christmas theme, and there's a lot of really good kind of kookiness to it. I I don't um, listen to a ton of audiobooks, and especially listen to a ton of fiction. Um, when I do crack open a book, it is usually a nonfiction thing, but I just, I like how comedic all of these are. It's just so fun to listen to something that is... Uh, that is this light or we'll spend 40 minutes setting up a joke and have it be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's great. I, all, all the, um, all the death stuff, just him as a mall Santa trying to like pretend to be a guy, like I, pretend to be a fake version of mm-hmm. Santa. Cause like they're not the people who are mall Santas, even in this universe are not the real mm-hmm. hog father. They're, mm-hmm. The fake ones you know they're like in our universe a fake mm-hmm. santa the people the the parents and the kids kind of have an understanding that this is they're not actually going to give them the gifts that they ask for or whatever but the this yeah, this is all a charade <laughs> death and not death being is like no i'm i'm doing this now him being new to the job is going to give the girl a sword i love this whole yeah. the, the whole thing was um he gives her the sword hmm. and the mother's like she's a child and he's like it's educational and she's like she's gonna cut herself and he's like it would be a good lesson that it would be, be an important yeah. lesson lesson because like yeah yeah it's uh, I, I really do love that bit. Um, and the it's idea so that clever. death is doing this, because, like, you know, if you're doing Santa's job, you don't have to stop in at the mall. But what death is trying to do is not just to do Santa's job. He's trying to make sure that kids believe in him. And if he's doing yeah. all this, like, magical shit in a public place, then kids are going to believe in him. He's doing Miracle on 34th Street. He goes into the department store <laughs> yeah, and starts doing magic. And the and the department store guy calls the watch on him because he's like, you can't give out free stuff in my store. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, such that was really a good bet. Like, he's giving <laughs> away free stuff. He's not the Santa we wanted. He's, he's like, I didn't steal it from you. And he's like, what? Yeah. So you're just giving this away? And then he's fine with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's all such great stuff. I think that, like, each of these, you know, I listened to a little bit over half of the book, and each of these, like, vignettes each of these little like you know hour or two hour chapters or sections where all of these characters are just you know talking on and on making jokes doing like funny things that don't seem to be connected but then get tied in later all that stuff is so good i love the way that this is structured in the way that like i haven't finished the book but i you know cam saying that the bathroom comes up in the final (laughs) act is so funny because like it truly was, you know, like 
chapters, like uh, hundreds of words were spent oh on this bathroom. <laughs> it's great. Well, bloody it's stupid fun. Johnson uh, was making an I'm... organ. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I, as, as much shit as I give Nick for giving us homework, this is a Do you have a, a favorite so character, Alex? Um, that's tough. I, I, I liked a lot of the banter at the beginning with all of the assassins mm-hmm. and uh, like a uh, tea time being like, yes, I, I've already figured out how to kill the Hogfather, how to kill Jeff. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is so funny because they're like, well, is this what you do in your spare yeah, time? When, when like, did you, you think, think about like, yeah. it? I understand that you did think about it, but when did you do it? While you were at work or like you were making lunch? Like, why? He's like, oh, it's just a good exercise yeah. to, you yeah. know, think about hypothetical assassinations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. No. Keep some on yeah. his toes. Mm-hmm. I also, I, while we bring up that early section, I really liked the bit about, um, I don't remember who says it, but somebody says that the Thieves Guild has too many rules. Oh, it's that's cleaner a, to be with the Assassin's yeah, that's Guild. A, they talk about, um, I think that that might be. There's less questions asked. It might be uh, when uh, Chicken Wire and uh, Medium Dave and Banjo are waiting for yeah. time in the bar. They're like, it's okay. So. We're working with the Assassins. It's like, it's a lot easier than working with the Thieves Guild. When you work with the Thieves Guild, there's too many rules. <laughs> yeah, really funny joke. When they, um, in earlier books, they dig into the Thieves Guild and the Assassin's Guild more as like uh more central parts of the plot and i love the it's a very funny but also effective idea of saying like well when you have the thieves guild then people don't get robbed unless it's from the thieves guild and then you know they're an organization yeah there's a bureaucracy for it yeah (laughs) so it's like yeah it's like well if you you don't want you don't want some you don't want some non non guild thieves doing it they could do anything but if you get (laughs) robbed by us you know you know what's happening it's a good argument. <laughs> All that's so fun, yeah. and I and I mean, since it's a like both of those things are pretty traditional fantasy things, so like they they map on pretty well to like an Elder Scrolls game mm. that you play has an Assassin's mm. Guild. But it's just so funny how different they are in this in mm. this fiction. It's it's really good. Um, but yeah, I All had right. fun. Yeah. So Cam, I want to hear it. Tell me about your experience with Hogfather. Um, so. Obviously, I love this. I mean, the I mentioned it before, but Nick is lucky that this nine-hour thing he recommended was so good. Like, otherwise, I would never <laughs> give it the time of day. I should have. I want to go back and see how much time I put into Guards Guards. I don't think it was much. It was probably just two hours. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I think that was a shorter book. Yeah, it is. Really it is a shorter I... book, but also uh, we. I, I was asking a lot less with that one. This one, I, I was mm. like, "Look, I know the time I want to do the episode, and I really think you guys yeah, would you like." Gave it me the two week more time. Or you it. actually gave us probably a three week notice. I gave you. Like, I gave you guys like a month in advance. I took I told the you. first two weeks <laughs> off, not doing it, and then the last two weeks I did. So that was just. Yeah, enough I started time. listening to it early, and then I, I just my my life just fucking. Yeah. I I um Seb if. If you do want to keep going with it for me it helped to do it while i was driving because i needed to have yeah my hands on the um, wheel and my eyes on the road <laughs> I couldn't i've been be listening to more else. like podcast type things like or i listen to our podcast while i'm driving because Ooh. i'm vain um, <laughs> no i just like to see how we turn out Bad. um but i think that might be the move for me yeah even if i ever even get in my car again. listening to this while with a podcast while i'm driving i don't you know, I don't feel bad if I miss two minutes of it. With a book, it's a little different. So even yeah. still, like, I got distracted and I was thinking about my day at work or what I had to do tomorrow or what I was going to do when I got home and I missed, Yeah, like... or this guy just cut me off. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Well, I'm the guy doing the cutting off in most situations. 
What the fuck, yeah. man? Yeah, you're saying, I'm like, oh, I hope that lady isn't mad at me and it's you. But <laughs> uh, no, I, I loved it. And I'm glad I put the effort in to, to get as far as I did into it. I did finish, but I might have set it off pod, but I was really fading at the end. I can barely say that I finished this book because I think the last 30 minutes I was just asleep. <laughs> I was actually sitting in this chair with my eyes closed, <laughs> listening to the last couple minutes of it. But I think I got the gist of it. Um, to go through my notes, I hate to be the guy who goes through his notes, but I just Let was me taking check my some notes. Well, you're one of the only people who makes notes on this. <laughs> I podcast. try. I, I have... think that's good. I don't think well, you should whenever... feel bad about. I have being a notebook and I don't do anything with it. Well, whenever I listen to podcasts and people read their notes, I find it a little cringy because it's like they're. It's obvious they're like wrote down little jokes they wanted to remember and, so, and like, oh, yeah. here's a funny joke they wanted I to had. make later. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, I wrote these while we were talking, so I think it's a little less of that. But um, Ankh Mar. Well, it's, it'll oh, still it's be, cringy. be cringy. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gushing about a fantasy <laughs> audiobook I listened to. Uh, uh, the the town the town name Ankh Morpork is the best name of anything ever to mm-hmm. ever. I think so. they explained that. And they always yeah. say the uh-huh. whole thing. It's 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 a great they name. They explained that in Guards yeah. Guards. I think oh, I think they? it used to be Ankh and Morpork, and then they combined yes. them. Yeah. Well, the, both cities yeah. I believe kept expanding until they were eventually one city because they were yeah. close enough to each yeah. other that when they expanded, they just became one. I, I Why isn't it Camboston? Boston Bridge. Camboston Bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's all right. smoother. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I forget where I heard it, but I heard on a podcast or in a TV show or in a stand-up thing that K is the funniest letter, and to have two Ks in the name of a town really. Mm-hmm. Ankh Morpork is just the funniest name for anything. <laughs> yeah. It's not really connected to anything. Morpork. Um, the funniest mm, part to me and my favorite character. My favorite character, I think, was Ridcully next to Death, maybe. And mm-hmm. because my favorite mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. was the the wizard mushroom Ridcully is a fantastic character because in the original book where he gets introduced, uh, just to give some context to uh, oh, Seb and Alex, who didn't get as much. Yes, well, he's in a lot of books uh, because he is the ch- arch chancellor of Unseen University, the Wizard University. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he was a guy who lived out in the woods for a long time, and when the old arch chancellor died, the 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 wizards nominated. Uh, uh, mushroom Ridcully because they're like, oh my god, this guy lives out in the woods. He's probably some uh, some druid who will be a total pushover. He loves <laughs> nature and all that. He's just gonna be some some like uh, tree hugging loser. But he's the other kind of guy who lives out in the woods. He's a very uh, <laughs> strong uh, like outdoorsy like not lumberjack because he's not like muscular. He's just like a hardy kind of guy. So. He's not an academic at all, and he loves to push around the academics at Unseen University, and they That's do not amazing. always get what they want at all with him. Yeah. But Mushroom Ridcully is a fantastic character because of that. He's a guy who is still a wizard, who still knows how to do magic, but he has a completely different history and view on outlook on life than everyone who is around him, than the bursar who manages the money or the other professors or, or whatever they're doing. Like a very, yes. some, I, don't, I was racking my brain trying to think of someone that I... Um, you know, could relate this character to. He just felt like a really like a person I've seen in real life because he's just like gliding on confidence without any knowledge mm-hmm. at all, and just everyone knows that he doesn't know what he's doing. But really, confidence will get you anywhere. And yes, he just is. I think they say in this book that he could not possibly be embarrassed by anything. Like yes, no matter what he does, <laughs> he just like there's parts where he's proven wrong in the book, and he's just like, well. 
there must be some sort of explanation for this it just moves past mm-hmm. it like and that's just such yeah. a real thing that i really loved him and every interaction he had with <laughs> i wish i could be the that one person. who goes in the in the bathroom to bring it up for the yes first time. yes um uh, he is the, he is the one he's because he is the one who wanted the bathroom in the first place he's like un- unblock that because I want my own bathroom, uh, wait, yeah, like separate from right separate here. from everyone so, else. Yada yada yada. It has a sign on it that says, um, "Do not under any circumstances open this door." And he says, "Of course I've read the sign. Why do you think I want it open? To see why they want <laughs> yeah. it shut. Of course." This, and then the book says, "This exchange contains almost all you need to know about human civilization." <laughs> That's, I know that was such great. a dorky line. Like it's it, nowadays it about... so played out, but it's just perfect. It is perfect, really perfect, perfect, funny, clever, just great. Yeah, it made me think about, I forget where it is or what exactly this nuclear waste comes from, but there is a place where they put a bunch of nuclear reactor waste, um, mm-hmm. and it's underground, so they have... This is not a, a place of honor. <laughs> yeah, they, they have, like, all these um, giant, like, warning slabs. Mm-hmm in all different kinds of languages Mm -hmm. just lined up like don't fucking go in here you don't want to be in here like for for future people hundreds of years in the future because that's how long it's going to take that nuclear uh that those like spent fuel rods to stop being radioactive and i just think about like somebody's gonna fucking show up there and and be like i want to go in there a youtuber will open it or whatever Mm. the future (laughs) youtuber will open that vault of spent fuel rods and absolutely irradiate the Uh, entire world we can only hope they die they will (laughs) Uh, but what i think about is so clever what i think is so clever about that line is that he doesn't say i gotta see what's back there or you know he he's trying to verify or what he says is the reason he's like, I got to see why they wanted it shut so bad. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not yeah. going back there because he's got to see, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, for it's science. Like, yeah. So the whole wizarding college <laughs> was my favorite shit because the book is constantly dunking on all of their dialogue of like, these guys are so smart that they can't, it's really the, the, the phrase, like they can't see the trees through the forest. Like, Mm-hmm. The, I like that the book gives them yeah. credit and doesn't just say, "Oh, these guys are idiots." It's it's these yeah, guys the are wizards too are... smart for their own good. They're just right. Can't that what they say, um, what you were saying earlier about how the wizards see what's really there is true. When you know when Death is walking around in a Santa suit, most of the regular humans they see a guy in a Santa suit because they see what their brain wants them to see. But when they're with yeah. the wizards who are all really into magic, they see Death in a Santa suit, but they keep accidentally causing more problems for themselves uh, by accidentally inventing creatures to run around in the... Yeah, uh... they're too obsessed with <laughs> yeah. the bit, and they're, like, talking their computer about why this exists, and, like, mm-hmm. when when they're... Because computers don't exist, they need to reboot their computer, and Rid Kelly's like, ah, so someone goes back there and gives it the boot, right? And he says, yeah. no, 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 that's not what happens. <laughs> someone goes back there and, uh... Oh, well though they kick it really hard and he's right because it's so dumb like that's yeah and when that's rid cully meets death who is pretending he's to be santa uh-huh. um 
he's too smart to be scared of, or too he's so smart that he's too dumb to be scared of death like he's just right death shows up and he's not like oh my god it's death should i should back away you don't look like death at all this is fake you have a pillow under your chest like this is bullshit what are you doing he's like prodding death to because i think the book says like he's never thought that he could be killed so he's just not scared (laughs) at all and death doesn't like kill him out of rage because that's not who death is in this book um yeah really i really 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 like the personification of death in this that he my favorite part of his character is that they don't give you his whole call to action arc they do it like midway Mm -hmm. through of like him being santa and his oh god damn it i had it in my head his assistant albert 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 is kind of the foil to death because he's like no you can't do this you can't do that they don't yeah, explain who Albert is really, but that's okay because you don't need it. However, as a quick explanation, Al- Albert is a very, very, very old wizard who kind of got himself into the... Uh, he like has, is frozen at a certain age because he spends so much time in Death's place assisting him. He basically made a deal with Death that, okay, I will basically be your assistant forever as long as I don't have to go to back to the land of the living where everyone is pissed off at me. <laughs> and that was like thousands of years ago at this point, but now he's doing it because he likes it. Like he's just with death now. Yeah, so and it's... he is able to not die because the sand on his little hourglass won't run down if he's not in the real world. So him... Uh, like you know him being a part of this uh, imagination of, or this anthropomorphic personification like that is like that's what he does and like he has not actually walked around with regular people in thousands of years yeah it starts out as he's the guy saying oh you get you gotta say ho 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 and you have to go down the chimney and death's like why do i go down the chimney it's easier wouldn't to it go make more sense wall? if i entered the door yeah. <laughs> i could just walk through the wall and then he's like he's saying ho 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 after everything he says and he's like, ho 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 <laughs> but then eventually death um it's so good characterization because he starts to um grass is always greener like being uh the hog father more than he likes being death like he gets to there's a good line in the book about he likes the uh scene of bewilderment and excitement on kids faces instead of seeing old people who no one is ever happy to see death is basically what it boils down to Mm -hmm. and um that really it really starts to come together with the scene that we were talking about where he gives the little girl the sword that she actually wants even though it's horribly dangerous Ah, and fantastic she loves it but my favorite i have two more things i want to talk about but no um, you can you can keep going i don't want to recite we're running long or anything um so another like peak of this book to me was they come upon a dying girl who's out in the snow and is gonna die and he's death so it's he, the old hans christian anderson little match girl story he knows which this, has become yeah, a christmas context, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the girl's gonna <laughs> die in the cold and his albert says like well she has to die because it makes people feel better about what they have you know like you read the story oh mm-hmm. this poor girl she died in the cold on on hogs watch eve um you know aren't you glad that's not luckily we have a shelter at least you know and he's him being death is like no <laughs> and keeps her alive and and gets her <laughs> to safety and it's such a good like it's it's like 
the opposite of it's not a heel turn because he's never been really bad but he's just gone mad with mm. the power of good like he won't mm-hmm. even let this yeah you can yeah. tell he's starting he said, to lose he's, it because he said he says something along the lines of like no uh when i'm death i'm death i don't have a choice in the matter i do things because i have to yeah. but i'm the hogfather the hogfather's supposed to yeah. make things nice and good yeah yeah exactly job. my job I'm Jolly. And this, and then Albert's like, well, the Hogfather doesn't do that. He just brings, you know, lots of toys to rich kids and not as many toys to poor kids. And yeah, Hogfather's like, paragraph. I love that the, the whole runner about someone always needing to be poor so yeah. you can look yeah. down on them. And that was very interesting. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. This book has a lot in, so in it that uh, I, you know, Terry Pratchett so that sort of informed what I believe politically without you know actually saying it as such it's like the abstract idea that makes something easier to explain to someone who's not when you think about politics right you think about a label like libertarian or socialist or whatever but when you boil the idea down to death and albert talking and uh uh you know death saying like well you know why can't something good happen why does something bad have to happen what because it makes sense yeah. Because it makes sense, because it's very reasonable. It's very reasonable that this person is suffering, that these people who can eat the nicest dinner ever, they can afford a million nice dinners. They could go anywhere to get a nice dinner. But these people who are starving on the street are going to eat mud and old boots. <laughs> Why, how is that fair? And then in a very death uh, kind of even-handed fashion, uh, gives the uh, the mud and old boots to the um, <laughs> to the uh, – the fine re- dining restaurant's kitchen yeah, that's, and that was the, uh, actually, the five course meal to the, uh, to the guys um, on the street. So, really, yeah, yeah. Terry Pratchett was very, um, fairly left. I don't know how oh, left, absolutely, but absolutely. he was very left. Um, one of my, one of my favorite things that happened that's happened recently is people trying to use Terry Pratchett's legacy or saying that he would be anti-trans or something like that. And then his daughter being like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> and, um, People there's just a, pointing there's a out trans like there's trans dwarf in one of yeah. his books. And that's, yeah, a, exactly. that's a fairly major plot point. Um, and uh, maybe he didn't have the language for it at the time, no. or he didn't speak explicitly on it. But mm-hmm. all these people who were like, "No, you wouldn't like that. What are you talking about?" And then his daughter's like, "What the? F- I'm his daughter. Why are you saying this?" <laughs> yeah, stop telling me what my dad was like. Yeah, <laughs> my dad did. or whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, there, there is one restaurant. scene. Yeah, in the book where I forget the exact context of how it gets there, but a bunch of, I assume, a bunch of poor people are at this five-star restaurant, or no? No, it's like um, a bunch of poor people are at the, like, the dumpster outside the five-star restaurant, I believe. Uh, they, are, they are going to eat what is essentially mud and old boots, yeah. a comedically horrible Hogs Watch night That's dinner. That's all they yeah. have left to serve, and the chef is like, well, fuck it, we'll just tenderize these old boots and boil them and serve them and all we have is mud like every dish that he creates is comprised entirely of boots and uh mud (laughs) (laughs) the coffee uh there's a really really twee line where he says uh fresh ground coffee because it's made of mud (laughs) and it's just like you guys keep using twee i'm not sure what sense you're using it in um unnecessarily clever I don't think that's what it yeah. exactly means. Okay, Google tweet while we talk. Okay. Okay. Anyway, like, Cam, uh, okay. you, fine, you've so. worked at a fine dining establishment for quite a while. Oh, oh your yes. rhetoric, we, brain. Uh, just recently, we opened our, our specialized I put my dining. I the skill. <laughs> <laughs> our specialized dining uh, 
small menu fucking restaurant that we were impossibly ill prepared for it opened on a day where we were so not ready for it we didn't have like half the items and it really was just like fuck it serve this like they paid six hundred dollars for this i'm in charge and i'm not getting paid enough to serve them something that they deserve yeah we yeah, we don't have this, but here, let's give yeah, them their $2 potatoes. Boot. I'm serving have. boot and calling it. Uh, <laughs> Chop up a lot of onions. <laughs> we're going to make it work. Do we have onions? No. Use boot. I don't care. <laughs> and that was just real. You know, I love any sort of I will have this. kitchen fucking, I will uh, have boot. you know, humor because I work in a kitchen. It's uh, like, I, that's why I like Chowder and like any, you know, any of those shows like that, but. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It's um, The last thing I have written down is, like Alex was saying, I love how much time they have to spend on nothing and just characters talking and hanging out. Mm-hmm. Sp- that really gets turned up to 11 on the wizard college. That's why I love that so much. It's just mm-hmm. half the book is spent on them dicking around and not solving anything. Right. It is important. <laughs> like The book, I don't think, would work nearly as well without the scenes of the wizards because it gives you context for what the actions of the other characters are doing to the regular world. Yeah, they... Finally, yeah. they, I shouldn't say they do nothing because they finally explain what's happening in the book, if you haven't figured it out already, <laughs> of, with the oh god. Well, I love how deliberate it is that they hold off on a lot of care. what's going they, on. <laughs> they, they really make you simmer in it. They make you, you're, you're getting caught up having fun with the talk about the yeah, bathroom. It's like, oh, there's a god, god of hangovers, hangovers now. And... It's like, what does the god yeah, of hangovers I mean, do? It's like, oh, this is what yeah. we're doing now. Okay. And then when they get around to trying to, trying to explain what's going on it's like yeah. oh yeah. Okay. in 1996 yeah. it might not have been or somebody who hasn't read a lot of uh fiction that c- tackles this kind of concept might it might not be obvious but it was kind of obvious to me it's like oh existence through belief they probably weaken Santa. all the kids don't believe in him anymore or whatever um, well because elf stole this in 2004 yeah well <laughs> the thing is um neil gaiman also I, uses I, it I, in sandman no, it's, it's and a common do thing i am i'm joking when i say that elf stole it this is a common yeah. idea that elf gods exist it. through belief yeah anyway it um, was, it was yeah it's, it's a plain yes. thing yes. it was really good we barely even talked about the oh god but yeah just being... yes i i would like to bring him and uh one other thing up before we close out i know we've gone on long about this but this is a, a long book with a lot of stuff in it that i really care about because i think that this it's one of my favorite stories and it's one of my favorite Christmas stories. It's got so much in it. It's got so much Christmas in it. It's got so much of Hogs Watch Night in it. They have their own traditions that are very close to ours, but not exactly. They're parallel where, you know, where you have uh, the hog father is, is driven by hogs and you leave out a pork pie and some sherry for him. Mm. Oh, all the yeah, pork pie and really sherry stuff too. is so fun. Death drinking all the sherry, like a hundred million <laughs> glasses of sherry. Uh, yeah, Albert's like funny. Albert says so that he doesn't good. want to see another sherry for a couple days yeah. <laughs> after drinking so many sherry. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, like this was the like these traditions are great, and you see, you know, the the kids asking for toys, and they all want the most violent toys, which was absolutely true of me as a child. I, I wanted the, the, the figures or the fake weapons. I wanted them to be the most like real weapons. I wanted a, a fake sword that was shiny. But uh, my parents, like good parents, did not give me one. Uh, and I had to make do. <laughs> and a mall Santa Yeah, didn't exactly. Give you one I had either. to make do with a wiffle ball bat, and that was fine. But um, 
uh, the, we barely talked about him, but he is one of the, the I think the things that makes this book work is uh, Bilius the O God of Hangovers, because who gets uh, mm. reasoned into existence by somebody saying God of Wine will you know what what about the next morning like it, there's no god of hangovers and then he is created and he yeah. is just in a state of constant like low-grade misery not even so great like, yeah like, so can't see straight he's like throwing yeah. up all it's just miserable yeah feeling like he's gonna be sick he's hallucinating a little bit he's constantly dehydrated and um he uh susan who we also have not really talked about that much who is uh, we, who's a wonderful character yeah. who is basically our main character in this mm. book um yeah she needs him to be able to think clearly so that she can help figure out what's going on because he was just created if he could think clearly maybe she could he could tell her what it's what he was doing i guess before he incarnated so uh (laughs) so the she brings him to the wizards and the wizard solution to this is like well what's a hangover cure if we just put yeah yeah, if we put everything (laughs) that has ever been in a hangover cure into one bottle it should fix him and they're they're all expecting a big comedy fireball out of this guy yeah they do the best subversion (laughs) with this i think because any cartoon or any anything at all with a hangover cure all they have this outsized fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's made like t- it's made with Tabasco sauce and pepper and all, all the things like that's yeah. what in, you know, a cartoon or a, a sitcom, a hangover cure. Ha- I was thinking back to. the Yeah, Hollywood exactly. Yeah, it's exactly that shit. <laughs> that's a great scene. But even they don't. I was even thinking do, a Cowboy Bebop and the Prairie Oyster. Where they don't the, even do the yeah. opposite of that. They do the opposite of it. And then everyone said they make fun of doing the opposite yeah they specifically like, say gonna, yeah who, wow you and put your head in the toilet like yeah the <laughs> and then part. he's like no i feel great i think i could have yeah. a cracker or a hard-boiled egg <laughs> and uh, and then it's, and then they use their crystal ball to see what's happening to the god of wine because the reason uh, the god so of hangovers funny. is so fucked up and miserable is because the god he gets all of the after effects from what the god of wine <laughs> is drinking and the God of Wine is constantly yeah. getting fucked up on uh, drinks with funny names, which yeah, is uh, what he's saying. It's like, oh, my God, <laughs> like that's that. the absolute worst stuff. And so they find out that the communication channel runs the other way when he drinks this horrible hangover cure that mm-hmm. uh, the other guy is yelling and breathing fire and has a red hot tongue and sticking his head in the mop bucket and everything. <laughs> uh, that's the uh, that scene is another, I just like. It's a minor scene. It doesn't, like, last that long, but it stuck with me forever of, like, them describing this hot sauce as wowie sauce and being in, like, an unmarked bottle and being illegal in certain, like, states and things like that. Mm. Just going on a long, uh, going on for a long time describing a hot sauce bottle to help cure a character who is not, like, necessarily the main character so that he can mention something to the main character so that they can go somewhere else. Wait, can I, and it's, can I bring up another stupidly yeah. Yes, yes. Line? Uh, I just, I'm not paying attention. I'm scrolling through this on my second monitor. But uh, they're talking about how to cure the hangover, and mm-hmm. uh, they say willow bark is a nate analgesic uh wait how do you say that? analgesic analgesic so like as in to clear your nasals i assume right i don't know Maybe uh, well right, it's like that's uh, how i read it it's an analgesic is like it's a it can help numb pain but the way the audiobook guy reads it is he says analgesic and then <laughs> the it's because he's says, british uh what really well it's 
possibly. I don't know. Though it's better to give it to him by mouth. Like it's just a stupid, like, <laughs> yeah, word, yeah, such a wordy joke. That it really, yeah, really, yeah, wordplay bit. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I've, uh, but I've said, oh yeah, I didn't even get to my point. But I liked how much time they waste on just characters talking because the other. I bring it up every episode, probably. What well, it is the story. It's not a mm-hmm. diversion because each of these things kind of contributes the world, to, yeah. you know, no matter how minorly each of these things that they bring up kind of mm-hmm. plays in later or is uh, important or builds to give an world. example that Alex will appreciate this book and all Discworld books come together like Seinfeld episodes at the end mm-hmm. where, ever, yeah. where everything uh, matters. Honestly, that's a great yeah, point. That really, like that. it really reminds me of everything that kind of matters of for the climax. But and it even yeah. yes. what I have written down is uh, it's like, uh, the first another podcast I listen to that I bring up on every show is the With Girlie and Russ podcast where they talk about horror movies, and it's a cozy podcast they call it because, and they say that the best part of the horror movie is the first twenty minutes before anything bad happens where everyone's just hanging out, mm-hmm. and that's what this movie is. It's like you get six hours of everyone hanging out, and then they're like, "Oh fuck, we have to do a plot." Like that's <laughs> it's just so fun to get the best part of you know what some people consider the best part of the story to be. The world building, the, and the characters just hanging out yeah. and doing stuff for the majority of the book. So I loved it. Oh no, I, I want to live in this yes. world forever, and I've been yes. really indulging uh, there, myself. There are others that I would uh, recommend to you if you ever wanted another one. I know that you got to obviously you want to break after the long one like this, but yeah. there are other ones that are very good that I would highly recommend to you. I might dive back in. Uh, I don't know. I've really been listeners... indulging on um, holiday movies and stuff. Like I've watched, I just watched Christmas with the Joker the other night. I watched. Like a couple other holiday specials and holiday movies. Um, Muppet Family Christmas is my absolute recommendation for that. That one is not available. It's not available on anything. You got to go look it up on like Vimeo or something. But it's there. I don't. I I don't think we made this clear. But like this is like an irrefutably good Christmas work. I think a lot of Chris. A lot of Christmas works. I think are good if you're in the mood for Christmas. I think that this specifically is like. A great book that happens to be themed around. It's right. like Die like, uh, <laughs> like yeah. well, I would say it's more like Yakuza <laughs> One, where it's around Christmas, okay. oh, but right. it doesn't like. And Christmas is important to the story, but it's not necessarily a Christmas thing. That's more like a Christmas tangentially. Yeah. But this is it's all about what Christmas means and what it, why it's important and why it's important to believe the little lies so you can grow up to believe the big ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think this is you're not grading on the like Christmas movie mm-hmm. curve if you're re- picking up this book to read or listen to it. I think that this stands on its own as a it's great excellent. piece of it's fiction. So and speaking of, of Christmas movies, yeah. uh, the bomb I'm going to drop is that I said a lot of things to deter uh, my co-hosts away from watching the TV special because I <laughs> knew that if I made it sound too good, they would all do that instead. Well, maybe not all. No, we but, all. We all um, just me. But I would like to say right now that that is a TV special because it is. Uh, they got Pratchett on and they made it indulgent, and it is, fits in almost everything, and it's great. Oh wow! It's like I don't like the animated ones as much because the animation isn't very good, uh, but the the writing and voice acting is fine. But this, the the 2006 Hogfather adaptation done by Sky, the British channel, is really good has a fine voice for death he's a nice practical effect in an age where they absolutely could have made him cg yeah. it's um, Halloween looking motherfucker. yes 
Yes, but that's makes it better. Uh, the fact that he is a big, unmoving skeleton that doesn't look realistic, I think, adds to him being there. Yeah. It's a well-done thing that I think that if you have, uh, you know, an hour and a half for each part or three spare hours if you're just, like, snowed in or something, it is a wonderful Christmas experience. It is no substitute for the book because I don't think that any film or TV or anything is a substitute for any book. And, like, you miss out on some of the stuff with the wizards and, like, I wouldn't want to deny anyone that because that's, that's some of the – like we talked about, that's some of the best stuff in the whole book is when they're not doing anything that advances the plot. But they're just fucking around talking about how they're going to get this computer to stop acting so weird yeah. and they're going to shove dried fo- frog pills into it. No, they're just going to type uh, the words you have yes. eaten dried, <laughs> dried frog pills Tr- into it and that will – convince the computer that it has and that will fix it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it thinks that it's sick it's genius but thank you so much for indulging me on this this has been uh this is one of my favorite things that there is it just is like i I love it too much um and uh it's one of my favorite books and i'm really happy that you were all able to enjoy it uh in part or in whole and alex uh we're going to be taking a bit of a holiday break but when we come back what do you have cooking up for us Oh, oh, I don't know. It'll be too long. Oh, you don't want to pick so an advance? I, I you can't, you're not, can't even let me get a head start on it? Uh, well, start <laughs> nope. playing Sorry. Death Stranding. That's what I'm doing next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seb, what do you have next so I can I at least know what I'm doing for you? Um, we are doing two metal albums. Wow. All right. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, no, I, I thought I made everyone read a book. Yeah, it's been it's been long enough since I did the Arion album <laughs> that my wounds have healed. Um, and so we are going to do for, for my next one, which I don't think is our next episode. We're still going to do Alex, right? Yeah. It'll be about a month yeah. out. Um, so <laughs> for my next one, we're going to do, um, two albums by Unleash the Archers called, um, Apex and Abyss, which are two concept albums about, All right. uh, this evil, All right. evil universal empress lady so and we've got the stuff- guy she has as a weapon. So we've got stuff coming up. Two of our hosts are going to be traveling for the holiday season. So we are going to be, it's going to be a while until we have a regular episode again. And in that meantime, I will probably, uh, you know, do some uh, one-on-one recordings, maybe get some other stuff in. Once Alex comes back from vacation, we're going we've to do Game of the Year for sure. Because uh, we played a lot of stuff yeah. this year. But um, in the meantime, uh, if you would like to check out Hogfather, uh, the way that these guys listen to it and the way that I listen to it this time is a YouTube upload of the Hogfather audiobook with some wonderful naturalistic visuals. Uh, <laughs> it's just the book on tape on, as a, as a nine hour YouTube video. And, um, it is a very easy book to find. It is a very easy book to find legally or illegally. It doesn't matter. Uh, the, the TV special is good, but I would say read it or listen to it. You will enjoy yourself. It's a perfect thing for this season. It's and so good. So if funny. you so would like smart. to tell us about your favorite anthropomorphic personifications, uh, you could send the message to please don't cast at gmail.com. And that is please don't cast at gmail.com. Or you could at cam on our, uh, you know, our Twitter that has been foreclosed on, I think. It's some uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been really good. Someone does. Which I need to write up for, uh, at patreon.com <laughs> slash please don't cast. And we will see you then. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm going to put in that monologue about Bye. justice here. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hogswatch. Happy Hogswatch.
I'd just like to ask, purely out of academic interest, you were sure I was going to survive, were you? I was quite confident. Good. Now, tell me... What would have happened if you hadn't saved him? Yes. The sun would not have risen. Then what would have happened? A mere ball of flaming gas would have illuminated the world. All right, I'm not stupid. You're saying that humans need fantasies to make life bearable? No. Humans need fantasy to be human. To be the place where the falling angel meets the rising ape. With tooth fairies, hogfathers. Yes. As practice, you have to start out learning to believe the little lies. So we can believe the big ones? Yes. Justice, mercy, duty, that sort of thing. They're not the same at all. You think so? Then take the universe and grind it down to the finest powder and sieve it through the finest sieve and then show me one atom of justice, one molecule of mercy. And yet, you try to act as if there is some ideal order in the world, as if there is some... some rightness in the universe by which it may be judged. But people have got to believe that. What's the point? You need to believe in things that aren't true. How else can they become? <laughs>